Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Yeah.
you know, cookies or snacks or whatever and, and ended up losing his life. So I did want to entertain that or, or you know, give him some gratitude, uh, if you will. But nevertheless, we got a lot to get into. Um, we got a game tomorrow as well. I don't want to take too much of the time up being somber-noted, but there's a lot going on in the world today, and I had to make sure that I discussed the brother. That's for sure. Yeah, I didn't even see that, so I apologize. I, I couldn't hear the name that you put out there, so I sorry, I apologize for that. Yep. But, uh, thank you for bringing young, that up. Yep. Young Dolph, D-O-L-P-H, like Dolph Lundgren, Young Dolph. Adolf. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, you know, um, teardrops and cold cast, it's like Tupac said, so it's just, you never, you can never get away from that. But uh, I got the uh, rest of the crew in. I'll bring the rest of the chefs in. Calling from the 703, the 8, 508, the 812, the 1234, and I, I, 561. Yeah, my wife said 561. Aaron, Sirius Simmons, what's going on, Aaron? You know what, gentlemen, it's a pleasure to be here. And, you know, TP didn't allude to it. I was going to allude to it. It's such a shame that, uh, you know, another another life taken. But, you know, with that being said, we are here to bring happy faces and, 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 and joy to the masses. So, sports it is, man. What's up, fellas? How are we doing this evening? Uh, chilling like a villain. Uh, you know, a little bit of bad news, but I mean, listen, we got to keep the show moving. Everything's got to be moving in the right direction. Glad to have you here. And then I'm going to bring in another one of our chefs uh, calling in from the 615. Big Mike, the homie, Mr. Harvey. Michael, what's going on, brother? What's up, fellas? Thank you again for having me here. So it's fun to chop it up with you guys. Yeah, another life uh, going too soon, man. Much respect to TP. Very serious, man. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely, man. Let's get to work. Let's get to business. So, um, listen, you know, the hot stove is here. Um, not a lot of big news, but I guess some news to go into in baseball. I'm going to just rapid fire them out, and then we can talk about whatever you guys want to talk to. Um, a couple of awards been uh, awarded. Uh, miss, uh, so, for the manager of the year, um, Kevin Cash repeats as AL manager of the year. Uh, Gabe Kapler uh, gets his manager of the year for the Giants' 107-win season. Um, it looks like uh, Robbie Ray got the AL Cy Young, edging out uh, Yankees. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how uh, Garrett Cole was even in consideration, just watching him up, be so up and down, but he was uh, in second place. And um, Corbin Burns got uh, the, the NL Cy Young for uh, the the Milwaukee Brewers edging out uh, Zach Wheeler for the uh, award. Actually, the vote was 151 to 141, so that was a very tight race out there. So, Mr. Timeless, I'll start with you. Any of those? Do we? Have, we'll, I think we'll get the NL and AL MVPs tomorrow, but uh, for the Cy Youngs and the Manager of the Year, any surprises that you see out there? Kepler has been doing a great job while he's been out there in San Francisco. He's getting his just due, um, especially the way that they turned it on this season and actually threatening the Dodgers for the NL West. I definitely have to give him credit for the lineup that he has, and for them to create that much madness to get 100 wins on the season is definitely impeccable. But uh, the storm of the situation is Kevin Cash. For him to repeat as AL Manager of the Year says a lot. For this team to not only turn around and get him that just due, he actually dominated the AL East as best as possible. They had no real big-name stars on that roster. They brought enough to Cruz to be an added gun. Fortunate situation is that they didn't get far this season. But for the youth that he had there, for the no-name situation, for them to actually be 
better than the Yankees in that division or better than the Red Sox in that division, I, I got to give him a ton of credit for him to actually repeat this type of performance being a skipper. So I definitely want to give him that credit or just do. Um, the pitcher out of Toronto as well, I mean, I got to give him his credit as well for the way that he's been throwing all year long and actually having his team be in the hunt, if you will, uh, within that division where I just said it was so loaded. Um, and, and the number that he put up this year were astonishing as well, um, to say the least bit, at least from what I've seen out of DAL. Yeah, I mean, Robbie Ray for the Blue Jays was a, was a really – I thought he was going to win it. I thought the last start might have uh, – against the Yankees might have hurt his chances, but I think for the, the whole body of his work, it, it's tough because the AL MVP, there was no clear guy that I would say, this guy dominated. I thought it was a really a kind of even keel eh, kind of season for the pitchers. So, uh, but Robbie Ray, definitely a, a deserving winner. Uh, Michael, I'll come to you – um, manager of the year, Cy Young's of the year so, uh, that were awarded. What do you think about who got him? It's interesting with Kapler because it kind of comes full circle. Like, he gets a job in Philly, and people are kind of laughing at him a little bit, kind of a laughing stock thing. Mm-hmm. But the guy's always had a reputation for being a good baseball mind. Um, he goes out there, and that giant team puts it together. Uh, you know, the Yankees team, I think Kevin Cash is the right manager for this team. You know, that's an interesting job, and not anybody can do it. And so when they lost uh, Joe Madden, you kind of wondered what was going to happen. But, you know, they found the right guy to run this team and <clears throat> to deal with these young guys. And they might not have the big-time names right now, but I believe that Randy Arozarena and Wonder Franco are guys that you're going to be talking about being, you know, in that upper echelon of guys in this sport for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corbin Burns, we've, we've, we've seen the stuff. Uh, before, but he was able to harness it and become more consistent this year. And Robbie Ray, man, the interesting thing about Robbie Ray, we've always seen this ability. We saw it in Arizona. He'd show you flashes. But it's very, very tantalizing because, uh, listen, the stuff was filthy. He just couldn't always control where it was going, right? And so uh, Robbie Ray was a guy that Toronto got pretty cheap. And Robbie Ray was a guy that just about every team in baseball could have had at one point or another uh, because his value had plummeted so quickly uh, from being the Arizona ace just a couple of years ago. So when you look at that and you look to see that he was able to rebound enough, if he can continue to harness it, like he's got the offense behind him to be able to be extremely successful moving forward. So uh, good for him, man. I mean, you could have made a lot of money if you picked uh, Robbie Ray going into the uh, preseason to be the Cy Young Award winner in the American League. But good for those guys. I think they got their just due. There were some other guys with good seasons, but uh, you know, I, I don't see any, uh, I don't see any miscarriages of justice or anything in these award winners at all. No, not at all. Serious. What do you got for the awards? Uh, the AL and NL Cy Youngs and uh, Manager of the Year. You know, honestly, gentlemen, I think this is, you know, much ado about nothing, all that. Um, one, I believe we're deserving. I, I kind of have a soft spot, if you will, uh, for Max Serger being as though he, you know, came from, you know, Washington, and I got a chance to watch him and meet him a couple times before he went out to L.A. Dodgers. But the guy from Milwaukee, man, he, he, he pitched his tail off. So, you know, a tip your cap to him. I'm curious to see who the MVP is uh, going to be for both conferences. Um, but at the end of the day, 
anybody who won uh, definitely worthy. I, I see no foul play here. Yeah, you know, the only thing I could probably look at for AL Manager of the Year, guys, is maybe Dusty Baker getting a couple more votes and maybe Scott Cervais uh, for the Mariners because nobody expected the Mariners to do what they did even though they didn't make the playoffs. Their turnaround was pretty pretty stark, pretty remarkable. But I think they pretty much, to your point, got it all right. Um, I think also when I'm looking at it, to be totally honest with you, though, Cash is probably the most deserving out of those managers just because I I came on the baseball buffet uh, that was on Thursday nights at uh, 9 o'clock hosted by Dave and uh, and the boys, Nate, uh, shameless plug. Um, I said the Rays were a disgrace because they had, what, they traded Snell and they lost Morton, and, and it looked like they were just giving up again. Like, they get all these players, they got a great farm system, don't pay to keep them, and – Lo and behold, 100 wins later, they shut the villain up. So, I mean, I got to give Cash credit. Uh, he, he's a really good manager. Uh, even losing Glassenau to the Tommy John, um, you know, those are three pitchers that if any other team lost their top three pitchers, wouldn't have made it as far as they did. So, uh, give them a lot of credit. So, uh, happy for them that uh, that they got everything going. And then a little hot stove, I want to just get into it real quick, just came through. It looks like Verlander is going to re-up with the the Astros on a one-year, I think it's a one-year $25 million deal. Uh, Yesterday, I think it was last night, uh, Noah Syndergaard got a one-year $21 million deal after he's only pitched two innings in two years. Ka-ching. So, I mean, you know, cut the check. Um, and it looks like, and I just saw that um, Brandon Belt is going to accept the um, 100 and well, the 18.4 million dollar qualifying offer. Uh, usually, the guys don't take the qualifying offer. He's going to take it. So that's so far you what's better. going on in free agency. Michael, I'll come right to you, Mike. Any of those surprise you the most? No. Obviously, the Syndergaard thing, and I'll tell you uh, what I what, what I think with this. A, Brandon Belt better take that money because he's not going to get offered that much money anywhere else, and he's been with the Giants mm-hmm. for a long time. So you take that money, you stay home, you don't go anywhere. It's not like they're trying to lowball you uh, by giving you that QO. You've played for a while. You had a good year. You were hurt down the stretch. But, uh, listen, $18 million doesn't grow on trees. Um, the, the Syndergaard thing surprises me, but I will say this, and I said this, you know, um, amongst the boys uh, over this week was when you look at them, though, the Angels have Shohei Otani. They have Mike Trout. If they have Rendell and Healthy, then you got like a young Jared Walsh. you got guys on that team that offensively can probably help you win, and you got to have pitching. And, listen, everybody needs pitching, though. So I feel like – it, when you need as much pitching as the Angels do, you have to sometimes take take risk and hope that it works. Otherwise, it just sets you further back. But you have to sometimes take risk. If Noah Syndergaard can get back right, he's got ace-type stuff, and that deal wouldn't seem as exorbitant as it looks right now. But if he can't get back right, then this could be one of the things that if they lose Mike Trout and Shohei Otani in a couple of years because they haven't done enough, this would be one of those things that they'll say, well, this desperation play didn't pan out. This was a Hail Mary that was not answered. Um, so 
it could work out for them, and it could help them continue to build a pitching staff behind them. You need that one big guy at the top, and if this guy can somehow get back and be healthy, he could be that for them. I mean, listen, no Syndergaard is the type of pitcher that can put fear in you. But can he stay healthy? That's the big thing. And you know, I think it's a I think it's a ridiculous contract for him. But you know, get your money. But TP, I'll come to you. What do you think about those deals? Verlander get twenty five million after he's coming off of the Tommy John, I think it is. And then um, you got Noah Syndergaard, who's only pitched two innings uh, in two years, getting twenty one million dollars from the Angels. I I don't like either. Um, I might be against the Masters. <laughs> I don't think both. I don't think it's, it's not funny. I'm dead serious. Um, for Verlander to miss as much time in the age that he is, I think he's like 37, 38, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's coming close to the end of his career, and I get it. He's one of the fan favorites, especially the way that he used to pitch the ball. But you're expecting him to bounce back older or later in his career to be that guy for a year, over $20 million. That's a lot. I mean, the Astros did do well this season, but I don't know if he still has it in him to get them – like, I want to be fair, like 17 to 20 wins this upcoming season. I mean, we've seen that come out of Roger Clemens, but it wasn't this uh, devastating of a surgery that he bounced back to get this type of money while he was with the Yankees. I think he got like 28 in a year or something. And it's like Verlander's mm-hmm. around that Noah, Noah Syndergaard situation, puzzling that he's been so injury-prone out here and flushing. I think you could flush him down the toilet. And literally, I think it's just his name and the way that he looks is what's selling him. And it's not off of what he can do. So I want to see him be able to bounce back because he's been in and out of that lineup for the past couple of seasons. And uh, it wasn't like it was all great. It's just that he's a fan favorite. And I'm I'm not for either of those situations. I'm, I'm sorry. I think when he did pitch, he was pretty dominant. And I think um, he has an electric fastball. Now, you're not going to see him touching 100 uh, coming off that surgery. I think you're talking 95, 96. But, we're, I mean, it's eerily similar to Matt Harvey, right? Um, Matt Harvey lights out, uh, electric stuff, got the injury, and then, you know, has been languishing, hasn't really figured out how to pitch. So um, we'll see how it goes. Sirius, I don't know if you saw those two deals come through. What do you think? Yeah, honestly, man, I saw the deals come through, and I ran to my kid, and I was like, listen, I don't even want you playing basketball. I don't want you playing football, <laughs> bro. We're gonna work on you. You gonna be a pitcher because you can put, you can sit on the sideline for two years and you know rehab, come back and still pull twenty five mil um, to pitch, you know, <laughs> four innings next year. Like this is absurd. Again, I, I, here's the thing: like I'm all for players and people getting their money how they get their bread, um, but. At some point, the name on the back of the jersey or the back of the shirt can't be the driving force to the reason as to why you're opening your checkbook. Justin Verlander and Noah Syndergaard hadn't pitched significant for years. For years. like, And so for, for, for the Astros and I think it was the Angels respectively to, 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 to pay these men – uh, what they paid them is ridiculous. It's honestly ridiculous. I think it was Mike who said something about, um, you know, the, the, the possibility of them losing, you know, Trout and, and Otani due, due to, you know, financial or not being good or whatever the case may be. 
if I, if I remember correctly, and again, y'all correct to find me if I'm wrong, but Otani is represented by Boris, who is the major, major, major representation for a lot of these stars in this league. Um, and he doesn't play hardball. So, and, you know, essentially, you won't have to open up the chat book. You won't have to figure it out. And, again, I don't think this is a good way of uh, showing proving that you, you mean business about winning. He's going to sell a couple of tickets. He's going to sell a couple of jerseys. But I'll be shocked if he lasts a month with into the season. Hey, real Mike, quick, I, I take this. Yeah, Mike. No, you're good. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean, you got to, I was just going to say, I, I think that, out of both of these deals, the one that makes, even though I agree that neither one of these are smart deals, the one that makes the most sense to me is the Verlander deal because I think that part of this is a loyalty deal too. For how long he's been around, he stayed with that with that franchise since they traded for him and wanted to stick around, and he has been good for them before. And so, you may be about to lose Correa. We'll see, but I think part of this is a loyalty deal. If he pitches real well, he'd get another year. If he doesn't, there. I mean, this is an expensive deal to be somebody to come in and at least provide leadership in that clubhouse to some of those young pitchers. But I think some of this is a loyalty deal to that, and maybe he can help some of those uh, young guys continue to progress. But that that's what yeah. I think it is. It's, a, it's an appreciation for all that he's done for that franchise and for what he's meant to baseball. Yeah, I, I kind of see where you're going with that. I think when he got out of Detroit, I mean, there was a time people thought he was finished. And then, lo and behold, you know, Verlander of old reared his ugly head. So, um, you know, I, I think $25 million is a lot, but for a one-year deal, you know, eh, not to, it won't kill you. It won't break the bank. If these are multiple-year deals, I think I would agree with TP 100%. It's a one-year flyer. I think I think Sundergaard – could have went back to New York for the – I think it was the qualifying deal for about $18 million. Um, You know, I thought for one year that was a good deal for the Mets. But, you know, the, 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 to, to Mike's point, the Angels stepped in, offered more money, and away you go. So, hey, it's, it's hot stove. It's, 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 a labor, it's a labor strike that might be rearing its ugly head. The, the, the whole luxury tax might reset. So a lot of these teams are going to spend more money and go past that threshold knowing that they won't have to pay such a high luxury tax. So here you go. Um, call in number 929-477-2759 with you for the next 40 minutes or so. want to switch gears to a little NFL. Um, the week that was, we kind of talked about it last night on the NFL free-for-all show hosted by Sirius and myself uh, on Tuesdays at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Shameless plug. Um, I definitely want to get your guys' opinion. I want to throw it around the table. I'm pretty sure you guys have been talking about it at the barbershop on a Clubhouse. It's on all day. Another shameless plug. Um, what team that took an L this past week, either on Sunday or, or or Monday is the most disturbing for you. You got teams like the Ravens getting up ended by the Dolphins. You got <clears throat> the Browns getting shellacked by the Patriots. You got, I mean, the Buccaneers obviously losing that game to Washington, where that game really wasn't even close. To be honest with you, um, even even uh, I'll, I'll I'll put James's team, the Broncos, and the Teddy Bridgewaters got an L by the Eagles. 
and you got you know the the you got the Monday night laugher where the Forty ers just beat up on the Rams. TP Timeless, Mister Timeless, I'll come to you first. Which of those games, the teams that took the L, are you most concerned and most disturbed by? Yeah, I wish the the brunch would get a shameless plug. So shout out to the Sunday morning brunch. Tune in, me, Mike Harvey, and Eric Gross. We get it in. We get people to call in too. Just giving us a shameless Absolutely. plug. Absolutely. But we'll, we'll go from there. It's okay. No, I'll interrupt you. So I'm gonna do what I gotta do. So there's a couple that that got me under some type of wing. First and foremost, the uh, the Seahawks by letting back Russell Wilson. You gave this guy over a hundred plus million dollars. You're gonna force him back into a snowing environment and have him throwing the ball, and he can't do anything. He can't do anything. So you might as well just go into that game and let Geno finish that out. I don't know what Carroll is up to, but to have a guy Russell Wilson's caliber and he can't do anything, I I don't know what he's going to do in a cold, snowy, wet environment away from home, knowing the odds are against him, including the fan. I don't know what momentum to get into that game. And the one thing that's bothering me about the Seahawks right now is not only their defense and how – not only that Legion of Boom is gone, but they still have pieces still left there. There's a guy there that a lot of people used to be, like, concerned about how he's going to turn out later in his career because of how awesome he looks. Like, looks can be deceiving. But DK Metcalf, where have you gone? Like, where are you? you you're supposed to be Megatron 2.0, and you're a beast, and you have this ridiculous speed. I can't take anything away from you. What, what God created out of you was impressive for you to be as big and strong as fast as you are and you actually calling out legends or hall of famers like shannon sharp and you're not stepping up to the bill at all and tyler lockett is the end all in that offense if you ask me if you got the little guy if he doesn't have a step on the corner there's virtually nothing going on and russell wilson trying to make you know limit lemonade out of lemons you know what i'm saying it's just it's just tough to watch that the other game that has me puzzled is the Chargers. The Chargers losing at home up against the Minnesota Vikings, especially with all of the melee around a guy of this caliber. And Dalvin Cook, I respect you, even though you, you know, I got issues with you because of where you're from, but that's just because of sport rivalry. But I love you as a human being and what you can do being a home run hitter. But all of this around you, and they still lose this game, I don't know who the Chargers are. Um, I do respect Justin Herbert, but it's like this is a game that you guys need to stay atop the AFC West. You had a good start to the season. You guys are falling apart, like, slowly. The Chargers have definitely got under my skin the way that they lost this game up against Minnesota. Shout out to the Vikings for them to go on a road and pull this off. And um, I don't know if I want to give so much credit to Kirk Cousins because it's like, uh, now you see me, now you don't. But it's just like watching them do that, you like that, don't you, type of stuff. I, I got to, you know, push back on it. But he outperformed Justin Herbert in this game, uh, to say the least bit. And, and, and Jefferson went off in the game also. But – the Chargers have to be ready for this call, knowing that they're hanging on the first place, knowing that the Chiefs are not in their rear view, but they're now in front of them now. And the Chiefs are mm-hmm. – I don't, I don't look like – to me, I don't feel like they'll let go of this uh, lead. Uh, they may have a threat this coming Sunday up against the Cowboys. I, I think it's going to come down to how I feel after Sunday. But right now I feel with the Chiefs with momentum and them being an arrowhead, they may end up having a shootout with the Cowboys. But this is a game that Chargers needed up against a struggling uh, Minnesota Viking team. Totally agree with you. I I, I almost dis, dis, dismissed the Chargers because how poorly they've been playing the last few games, right? But to your point, that's a game at home you have no business losing. 
Uh, serious, I'll come to you. I mean, I, I know there's a game that disappointed you, and, you know, we, I, 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 I'm in the process right of editing finger I'm in the process of editing finger food, so I already heard most of it. But, I mean, which other these yeah. teams disappointed you the most? I'm sorry. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to dance around it. The Detroit Lions the Pittsburgh Steelers game. The Steelers pissed me off. Me off. You mean to tell me we have the winless Detroit Lions and we don't win the damn game? We tie with these scrubs? Is that what you're telling me right now? I don't give a damn about the LA Rams right now. I don't give a damn about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or or, or the Chargers or, or, or the Saints or the Baltimore Ravens. I, I care less about them right now. We have a game that we need to win. We should have won. And I said this in my finger food episode that's about to drop here in a minute. If we played any other team, any other team, we lose. But we managed to tie versus the sorry-ass Detroit Lions. I'm pissed. Yo, can that's I, can I yeah. ask a question? I, I, I want to I say... You could say all that bad talk. You lucky the kicker missed the extra point, or that game would have been over. That game was over. You guys lost. And the crazy part about it is you lucky that this is our third-string kicker, or or, since Detroit wants to be cheap, they don't want to go get a kicker of quality that's out there. (laughs) They'd rather get get the guy that's sitting on the practice squad and deal with this guy missing extra points and a field goal from 42 yards, and I get it's wet. But he, if, if they had a briefcase with $2 million, it'd be like, you hit this field goal or, you know, you get this cash or it's going to be, I guarantee you he drill it. He kicked, not only did he miss it, he kicked like a line drive to the low bar of it and couldn't even get to the, the upright. It's like, wait, come on. Yeah, like we came in there with crazy, no kicker. Man. Like, like the kicker now lost his game. There was a friend of mine that went back and told me, and this is, uh, I think Barry's friend, Mike, Mike Stapleton. You, you, you know him, Barry. You know him well. You introduced me yeah. to him. He told, he told me that he doesn't watch football anymore. I'm like, why? Why? Don't be like that. He's like, I watch a lot of other sports, but, like, hockey is his thing. He's like, he doesn't watch football mm-hmm. anymore. I'm like, why don't you? He said, because every game comes down to the kicker. And as soon as they started moving <laughs> the yardage back, look, 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 watch, watch. The they started moving the yardage back, especially for extra points, you see kickers missing extra points now. Like, like that's a thing now. Like, not like once every three weeks. Once It's like that happens. Or these kickers will miss 40 yarders when this is like – they do this all day long. Like, it's coming down to the kicker majority of the time, unless these teams get blown out. Like, if they get blown out or it's like a two-possession game, then I can see different. But if it's like one of those one-possession games or a team goes up by six and then they need this extra point to go seven, it's like, oh, we missed the kick. And it, and it ends up pouncing them later in the game. And it's like, I've seen them miss the extra point. I'm like, watch the Steelers come back and win this game by one. Just watch. And then the Steelers didn't want to score a touchdown. they like, Oh, well, you don't want the game? Well, we don't want the game. Well, you don't want the game? Well, watch, hold my beer. I don't want the Yo, game. Yo, facts. What? Right. I what? Brought, it, it was, and it, it was and then hold on, hold on. And this is the icing on the cake. This is the icing on the cake. You mean to sit there and tell me that you're Dan Campbell, the head coach of this organization, and expect a step back in DeAndre Swift to win this game while Jared Goff cannot throw the ball? I knew something was up. I'm like, there's no way that he won't throw the ball. He had 11 yards passing in the third quarter, and we were winning by six. In the fourth quarter, he had 48 yards passing 
in the fourth quarter. So he had to make a pass in overtime that pushed that joint to 77 yards passing. Like, you're not going to take him out of the game and just play with the backup. If we're going to lose, we're going to lose. I'm not watching DeAndre Swift carry the ball 33 times against Pittsburgh's defense in the rain. In the rain, bro. Like, are you kidding? You're trying to get him killed. You're going to get him killed. You got backup quarterbacks, whether it's David Blau or Boyle. You brought Boyle in this week to say we're going to possibly start him against the Browns. This is absurd. Don't give, they, they could have beaten the Steelers if they just hit an extra point on the field goal when they're 42 yards off. Hit the 25. If that's, if that's the case, stop um, letting them get small yardage plays up the middle and, and then let them throw another crossing route to, uh, who was that, St. Brown. It, it, nobody Saint was Brown. covering them. Like, yeah, come, come on, it's a rookie out of USC. Like, Yo, if we had any dynamic season. receiver played, the Pittsburgh Steelers would have been killed. They'd have been killed. And That's we and we thing. watched we watch we watched Micah get hurt. Micah got hurt in that game. So many puzzling things happened in that game. Pittsburgh was done. They're lucky that it was a tie. The Lions could they should have had their first one. Should have. But should leave have. it to the Lions. Because the funny thing, you're worried about uh your, your boy Swift, you know, getting hurt or whatever case may be. You don't have to worry about that. We couldn't tackle the clown. Dude, we can talk on the news. He was bouncing off dudes. Devin Bush was sliding off like he was doing the cha-cha slide and shit. It, bro, y- y'all should have won the game. I should have been in hiding for a week. You know what I'm saying? But luckily, Listen, you, you know what I'm saying? You lucky like, Jefferson got hurt. <laughs> Jefferson got hurt on the touchdown. He scored a touchdown and got hurt. I'm like, how did yeah, this yeah, happen? Yeah. He had like a 50-yard run up the middle. Nobody got to him until the goal line. They fell, Nobody touched they fell on his legs and he's hurt out. I'm like... Only these dudes. Like, only these dudes. Nobody touched them. Nobody touched them. Yep. I mean, it's it's pretty sad. Uh, it's pretty sad. TP, I got to ask you, because we talked about it last night on the NFL Free Fall, and uh, I, I wanted to get your opinion. Golf. You done? You good? Oh, um, heavily. Heavily. Um, <laughs> here's the interesting. No, no, no. You're laughing. You're, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. You're laughing. No, this is not. this is not funny, bro. This is not funny. I really feel like there's a script that the the management or the coaches have to follow. This is serious. There's no way that you have a quarterback at halftime with 11 yards passing and you're winning the game. You go into the third quarter and you're up six, and he's still just handing the ball off to DeAndre Swift. And it's not even like he's beating these guys to the, the edges. He's going up the middle and running them into the teeth of Pittsburgh defense where at halftime I think he was averaging, I think, seven or eight yards a clip. That number fell heavily because yeah, God couldn't make a throw. It, it, it fell because he couldn't make a he couldn't make a pass, and everybody just kept closing in on the line of scrimmage. And you just watch Swift numbers go from six to five to four, ending up being three yards a carry because he was getting stopped at the line of scrimmage. It's like what in the world production wise? What are you doing? What are you doing? I don't care if they go um, oh sixteen to one. That's don't bring him back. Do not bring Dan Campbell back. Management too, like um, if Brad Holmes is gonna sit up there and not try to get a running back, or looking at what the Ravens just did, getting rid of Le'Veon Bell, and he's a Michigan guy. If you don't want to try to go out and get him while Jamal Williams is in and out of his lineup, and he's not even getting hurt in games, it's like he's getting hurt at practice. It's like what well, you guys aren't trying to do anything. Like this is beyond the players or the play on the field. I mean, I, I kind of like Swift. I think he, I think you guys oh, got to oh, run oh, back. Oh, oh, I think oh, oh, oh. he can play. Wait, wait, I want to add this. I want to add this, too, uh, with the, the uh, situation. Um, Goff started out, like, looking like they were moving the ball early in the season, and then it just fell apart because we started finding out the real about Goff. 
Let me tell you the truth about mm-hmm. both of them, him and Matthew Stafford. Do you know last year, week 11, I think this is, that the Rams were 7-3 and three last year? Rick Goff, they're 7-3 wow. right now. Stafford. And Stafford's falling apart, turning into himself right now at week 11. So don't get all caught up in the hype with him and Cooper Cup. because as soon as he starts playing strong teams, guess what happens? He falls apart. That record is still around him with teams above 500 or better. He's like 18 and like 79, and it's still happening. The Niners weren't even a winning record team. How about that? Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see what the Rams do. I That's why I kind of was disappointed with their loss. There was a lot of couple of losses. I was going to throw the Cardinals in, but with the injuries, I'll give them the pass. Michael, I definitely want to give you the, the floor because I haven't heard from you in a while, my big bro. What what team or game, uh, more or less, more so team, was the most disappointing <clears throat> loss for you uh, this past week? So I, I kind of got – I'm going to look a couple of different directions. A, I want to look at the AFC – North, we don't have to say anything else about Pittsburgh. Uh, Cleveland, the fact mm-hmm. that they lost, the way that they did, they just got handled. Uh, but Baltimore, yeah. that's that's inexcusable. Like, you're not supposed to lose to a one-win Miami Dolphins team. I don't care who Miami beat or didn't beat or whatever else. When you're uh, trying to you know, be the number one seed in the AFC, you cannot – I don't care if it's Thursday night, Wednesday night, Saturday night, at Sunday night church. I don't care. You can't lose that game to the one lost off. And so that one, uh, but, I, you know, I want to look at this Rams team for a second, too. I think a couple of things, we're, we're starting to see, you know, as the season goes on and people can game plan a little bit, we're starting to see it, the absence of an explosive running back is, is starting to hurt them a little bit because Daryl Henderson's a nice player, and they got some guys, uh, nobody of the talent of Cam Akers, if that guy's right, and healthy, and I think that's starting to tell them. But the other thing about the Rams, to me, that really, really surprised me in this game was how much success the San Francisco 49ers had running the ball. And I know that's their yes. how they want to operate. Uh, but they were able to run the ball right at them. The Rams, they're dominant up front. They got the best corner in the game in Jalen Ramsey. But that linebacking core, that second level, and the middle of the field was wide open because if you look at most of the passes that San Francisco threw, when they did throw the ball, they didn't test Jalen Ramsey on the edge. They didn't go on the edges. They threw the ball right over the middle. So they, they were able to run the ball right at him and hit him in the mouth. If you can chip on Aaron Donald or not, they were able to run right at him. And they completed short passes over the middle, and they just kept going back to it over and over and over again. And the Rams have got to – they've got the pieces in place in a lot of areas, but they're going to have to make some serious improvements on the second level of that defense if they're going to continue, because I'm telling you right now, in playoff time, you give teams a chance to plan for it. You let Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or one of those guys, and you start figuring out, okay, we're not going to test Ramsey, but we got the whole middle of the field, and we're going to start testing him at that second level. Uh, There's some gaping holes in that, what we were talking about being an extremely dominant defense, and I don't know if the right pieces are in place uh, to fix that, but that's a gaping hole that has to be fixed if that Rams team is going to come anywhere close to what people thought they were going to be, especially when they knocked off Tampa a few weeks ago with one of the last undefeated teams in the league. I mean, that was a game that people really started talking about them as a serious, like, favorite in the NFC. Not playing defense like that, you're not. So can I say something yeah, I... about that? Go ahead. So – 
So one of the things that me and Zillman talked about yesterday um, in regards to the Rams is that styles make fights, okay? And if you look at the last two times the Rams played, the last two weeks, they played identical teams. Both the Tennessee Titans and the San Francisco 49ers mirror each other in how they play ball. They're a smash-mouth football team. They run strike at you. They dare you to put on your big boy pants and, and, and beat them. And the way that the L.A. Rams are currently constructed, they're a finesse ball club. And so when you meet a bully, you have to stand up and fight with the bully. You can't dance around said bully. And what ended up happening was, to you guys' point, the L.A. Rams got bullied. Now, let's, 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 let's look at a big picture. How, how many more bullies do they have left on their schedule? They don't have very many teams left in the NFC that do what the 49ers and, and what the Tennessee Titans do. I'm curious to see what they look like when they come out of this bye week because that's going to tell me a hell of a lot about the identity of the L.A. Rams and what they're going to look like going forward. But I do agree with you. They need to be on our watches because what we've seen in the past two weeks is not acceptable. Let me say to you, though, yeah. what I saw the week before this one isn't as much of a concern to me. because It was two bad plays, turnovers that, that, that cost them the game, but they were right there in that game. I feel like you line them up against that team. Now, if Derrick Henry's on the field, we may be talking a different story. But you line them up against that team without Derrick Henry, and they played ten times. I think the Rams win eight. But what this past weekend, that's when alarm bells started going off for me because the 49ers just absolutely handed it to them. They punched them in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing that kind of alarmed me, I'm going to bring go right to you, TP. The thing that bothered me the most is that the Rams knew – what the 49ers were going to do. They talked about it the whole week, how they needed to stop the run, and they didn't do it. And they got beat up by trying to do it. That bothered me. TP, what do you got? Um, not only did they punch him in the mouth, um, it's a bad situation where um, the Robert Woods injury looked like, you know, you know too yes. early to start, like, biting up a bit to, like, talk junk about him. But it was like looking at the old staffer trying to force feed the animal, if you will, Odell just got there halfway through the week, and you're already trying to force feed him the ball. You finally got the keys back to a Lamborghini and just forgot how it looked like to see a speeder. That first interception he threw, he was double covered. He didn't have a step on anybody. It was basically a, a change of field, if you will, because it was a punt that he just threw a bomb and just thought that Odell was going to overrun these guys that are over the top of him. Like, I, I, I don't get that. This is the Stafford that I'm saying that will happen. Like, not to say that I'm hoping for the bad, but it's like everybody thought, like, oh, it's the Lions. It's Detroit. Nah, lose that mantra, man. It, it, it's him. For him to have two back-to-back games, four picks, two pick sixes, two pick sixes, and one was in L.A. One was in L.A. Uh, with Robert Woods. And then they get Odell. Odell can only learn so much, so you're going to force feed him and Cooper Cup when it didn't make a difference. Like, what happened to Van Jefferson? Like, this guy's a credible receiver. They, I don't know what Stafford was up to. Like, like the question relies on him. And I don't know if y'all know what happened during the game, but then here goes Kelly Stafford once again popping up in the news, too, of what she did a year ago in Detroit <laughs> happens again two days to the date last year. Her getting that. into a, a squab with a fan there in San Francisco where they're trying to either, like, approach her or investigate the situation because she, I mean, it's a pretzel. She threw a pretzel at somebody, but somebody's trying to bring up charges because the girl got money with Matt. So it's like now this is all in front of you, Matt. You got to turn this around. And here go the crazy part. You got a bye week. 
You could avoid the storm as much as possible. But your next game is in a state called Wisconsin up against a guy that your numbers are heavily going the wrong way up against Aaron Rodgers. Let's see what you can do up against Aaron Rodgers while he's hungry and Aaron Jones is out. So you know he got a point to prove if he could win his game with Aaron Jones being out. So there's more to the story. Hey, yo, she threw a pretzel at somebody. Get that. <laughs> oh, this is ringing now. Get out of here. Wow. Wow. I mean, it's, I mean, no like, really? Okay. The, the, pretzels is going to – I mean, we got a oh, lot no, of cameras no, in not, the world, and the pretzel is going to undo it. Right, no, it no, is. it's a laugh. It I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing that to say that in a funny manner. I'm just like her being an outspoken wife, and, and she's almost like Breaker uh, Mayfield's wife doing all of the talking out there and knowing that people are going to catch it and then you, you can't do nothing until your husband does something. And it's like either Baker or Matt is going to have to help their honeys get a, get by this if they start playing better. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm lost. I'm at a loss. So it could, how could it not get worse for the Rams right now? Um, Stafford's got to stop trying to I, – I, I don't know why every quarterback needs to force feed Odell the ball. Like, if he can't play in the offense, then he can't play in the offense. I'm sorry. Stop. Everywhere he goes, you force feed him the ball, it doesn't work. I'm sorry. It don't work. Um, but to me, I, I look at the team that Odell used to play for. I think the Browns getting bludgeoned by the Patriots. Look out for the Patriots. Look out for the Patriots. Look out for the Patriots. Listen, Bill Belichick, I think he's finally figured it out. With the defense, the defense is playing much better. Judon looks like an animal right now, having a really good season. Mac Jones just makes the right reads. He's just a smart quarterback, um, makes the right plays. Um, this offense, you know, even with the injuries at running back, Stevenson stepped in. He's a nice-looking running back. The receivers are getting better. Listen, look out for the Patriots. They're, you know, the Bills, if they keep losing games, they might lose ground to this team. You never know. They're, the Patriots are making the playoffs, and they're going to be a, tr- a, a problem uh, with a week to prepare for Bill Belichick. Um, I don't, and I said it last night on the free throw. I don't know any quarterback other than Patrick Mahomes that can go up against the Patriots in the playoffs, go up against Bill Belichick's defense, and, and win a game. I don't, there's no quarterback in the AFC that's proven that they can do it. So, um, we'll see how that goes. But the Browns, man, that was just a beatdown after a really good win last week. Um, Baker Mayfield did not look good, got knocked out of the game eventually. Um, the, with, he's just an average quarterback. And Bill Belichick feasts on average quarterbacks, right? And we said it. Baker Mayfield does not elevate your team. He's a quarterback that you need to build a team around like Eli. But he's not even on Eli's level at this point. You, if you can't build a running team and a defense and a, a whole team around him, he's not going to win you games. He, he's not, he's not going to lose you a lot of games, but he ain't going to win you games. So, you know, that's a, that I, I wouldn't give him an, a, a big extension. I, I'd be looking for a quarterback on the free agent market or Deshaun Watson or, or somebody to bring in to replace him because he's just not it. I'm sorry. Um, it's just, it was just a bad loss. I don't know what you guys think about Baker and, and, and the Browns getting beat up by the Patriots, but to me that was one of the probably more disappointing other than the Rams' loss. I was actually scared of this game because I thought that the way that the Browns actually showed up the game after Odell left, I'm like, well, maybe something is there because this is what happened last year. They were like 1-3 when Odell was there, and then they started running when Odell left. 
But I'm like, they're going to Bill Belichick, so that's going to make it tough because they're going to try and take his weapons away from him. But I thought the running game would be there, and it wasn't. And um, Baker's going to have to win games off his arm, whether there's a tear in his shoulder or what. But if not, they might as well put Case Keenum in there for the duration. Case Keenum did a good job while he was in Minnesota getting him to an NFC championship as well. Stop trying to sit on him because to be be obvious, I think Case Keenum might be the better thrower of the ball than Baker. Or they might believe in him Bingo. a little better if he gets done to be the quarterback there. I'm tired of people, like, shunning Case Keenum while Case Keenum came from a passing system everywhere he's gone, from college in Houston all the way up. Case Keenum's been exceptional. I won't say great or awesome, but he's been exceptional. And for him to be a part of that Minnesota miracle and more, you tell me something great or miraculous that Baker's pulled off in his entirety being in Ohio. The commercials or his yeah, golf so I'm – Oh, well, yeah, I'm the commercial. Say, I'm, I'm sorry. Was it the progressive commercial? No, State Farm. It's one of those two. State Farm. Uh, no, well, but, uh, uh, no honestly, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. His girlfriend's kind of cute, so that's a, he, that's a win. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but honestly, man, I, I, I was trying to tell y'all before the season started about the Cleveland Browns team, and people looked at me and was like, yo, you're still a fan, you're a hater. But look, look, real talk, y'all, this Cleveland Browns team does this every so often when they, 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 they have a run and people start to buy in and this, that, and the third, as long as Baker Mayfield is their quarterback, this team is going to be chopped off at the knees as to how far they can actually go. Keep hit the nail on the head. This team is scary with Case Keenum playing quarterback. But as long as you keep trotting number six out there, he's going to literally – hand-strick you on what you're able to do. It doesn't matter that, you know, they got two running backs, you know, who are hurt, like Chubb and Hunt. Deontay Johnson can run that rock. You know what I'm saying? Jarvis Landry is a little banged up, but they got Donovan Peoples-Jones and and, and a couple other guys out there who can get the job done. The problem is Baker Mayfield cannot do it at this type of a level. Maybe he needs to change the scenery. Who knows? But as long as Baker Mayfield is the quarterback of Cleveland, me, as a Silver fan, I'm excited because we know we've got him. It's a wrap. I, I, I mean, Mike, what do you think? I'll come to you really quick. What do you think about uh, Baker and the, the Browns? Uh, I think that Mayfield is exactly what you guys are saying, an average guy. I mean, I – if that, I think if they get the right pieces in place, I mean, obviously, if you got Chubb and you got Hunt and you got that running game and that, and you can get a lead and allow that defense to play, uh, they have a lot of places, a lot of components to be successful. Uh, but <laughs> Baker Mayfield is the guy that can sometimes hold things together and get you to the top of the mountain, possibly uh, if you got all the right pieces in place. But he's not going to lead you there. You know, he's not the guy that's going to rally everybody behind him and be that leader. He's not that guy. And to Time's point, Case Keenum has been successful anywhere he's gone. Very, very steady. Maybe not flashy, which is why he doesn't get that attention or whatever. Um, you know, I, I was kind of puzzled when the Vikings decided to go from Case Keenum to, what was it, Sam Bradford the next year? Uh, mm-hmm. When Sam Bradford has, has rarely been on the field and look where he is now. And so I, I thought that, you know, I, I'm not sure. Honestly, I don't know that uh, 
I don't know that Kirk Cousins any better than Case Keenum, and it might have been better off for that uh, Vikings franchise to stay with Keenum and continue to build around him. You could have probably gotten him for a much better deal and continued to put money into other spots on that roster. So I respect Case Keenum. I think he's uh, I think he's talented. He's probably the best uh, option for them. That Cleveland team is just – you just can't figure him out right now, man. So Jekyll and Hyde, if you got a, a tough defense that can really confuse him, they're going to struggle. Uh, but, like I said, with that running game and that defense, if they get a lead on you, it could go pretty far the other way on you, too. So, I mean, they're not they're not bad. Uh, they're very inconsistent, which is what happens when you don't have a really good quarterback. They're very inconsistent. Their good is very good, but sometimes their bad is pretty putrid. Yeah, I, I just – I don't know what's worse, them or the the Bucks showing. I, I really just didn't like what I see, see from the Bucks the last three weeks and coming off a bye. That's disturbing to me. Um, but I want to get an NBA point before we get out of here. Um, last night, the Warriors just beat the crap out of the Nets, uh, 117-99. to um, Is it – I'll come to UTP really quickly. Is it more about what the, the Warriors did, how good they are, or how bad the Nets really are looking right now? And, and not – I mean, they're 10-5. They're not whoa, terrible. Whoa, but, whoa, whoa. Do not fall yeah. into that Stephen A. trap, bro. The Nets are bad. I'm not falling. Oh, did, 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 did I did I did I say Stephen A. This is on this hilarious. show? I oh, said I, they're, well, they're, well, they're, they're, they're not the playing. Immediate, wait, wait, he's the only one in media that's calling them bad because of a blowout loss to the hottest team in the NBA. This is ridiculous, and they have to go to war with no point guard up against the hottest player in the league that probably is going to win MVP if they keep this up. They don't have any guard dealing with who Patty Mills. Who, who who are they going to put on him? Like, I, I don't know. So this is a great showing by Golden State to come across the country and keep playing the same old tune um, while they still have this cavalry going. And as of today, Clay Thompson has been cleared for all full contact 515. They're talking about he's going to be ready for Christmas. No, I think that's about a two-week window of him at practice. He'll probably be back December, beginning of. Um, if can't nobody slow him down and Clay looks like himself, this could get very dangerous. And from the, the information or the, the stuff that I've seen thus far, but what Clay's been able to do, Clay is himself. I, I've seen him shoot the ball several times uh, this off season and during the season while he's trying to get back to himself. I just want to see him like get the. I don't want to say wear it here because I don't want to jinx him. Let me knock on wood. But just to get up and down on the you know court and uh, you know try to play the best defense that he can. Um, but I got to give a ton of credit to the Warriors. I think it's more or less the Warriors won the game not the Nets losing the game because they're still in a disarray, worried about if Kyrie could get back there to help them. And I really, it's an unfortunate situation because of this pandemic that he's not able to play with the team, but it's, it's, it's hurting them in the long run. But definitely the way the Warriors are playing from uh, Jordan Poole to Gary Payton in a second. And I know I love that name because I'm a glove fan to Steph being MVP at this moment. And uh, Andrew Wiggins gets to just play how he wants to. Draymond is actually dunking the ball. Like this, this is crazy. I, I don't know whether I give the Warriors credit or Steve Kerr. I don't know who to give the credit to, but the Warriors went in Brooklyn and took cookies, candy, empty dishes, and soda cans and pizza boxes all on their table. Man, they took their lunch Mike, money and they walked in. The, they walked in the house after yeah. work and ate the big piece of chicken. Like, uh, Hold on, Mike. Just, for you, just, just on a quick note for you, Mike. I hate to do this to you. Um, Giannis is going absolutely nuts on the Lakers. If you guys do not see what is happening, this is scary. 
it is it is definitely scary what Giannis is doing right now. Uh, yeah, so the they did. They went over there. They took their lunch money. They they kicked in the door right as they were about to walk in for dinner and ate the big piece of chicken and walked out and, and made them clean the dishes up. Uh, that's what Golden State did yesterday in Brooklyn. But it is to your point, time, it's much more of a big statement for Golden State than it is an indictment on that Brooklyn Nets team. Listen, Golden State's playing very good basketball right now. We've all talked about it. And now you get Clay back. That's, I mean, that's like a mid-season trade for, you know, an all-star. So uh, Golden State's going to be a serious, serious problem in the Western Conference. And for my money right now, Golden State would be my early season favorite to come out of the West. Serious, what do you got? So you guys don't think it's the Nets playing bad. It's the Warriors are really good. Serious, what do you got? I think you're ten I think you're ten and five. You lost to a good team. Thank you. You know, I, you know, Yeah, I mean I mean T T P didn't even let me finish my point. I was I was saying they played bad against good teams like the Heat and the Hornets, but I mean you wanted to throw Stephen A like I give a fuck. So go ahead, Serious. So honestly, for me, you know, it's 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 really um, this this Golden State Warriors team is playing excellent ball. You know, here we sit, you know, week before Thanksgiving, and you know we're talking about MVPs and you know this team being bad. Yeah, relax, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> relax. I do like what I'm seeing out of both teams. Um, you know, Golden State is playing well. Brooklyn. Um, albeit they got, you know, beat, you know, yesterday. They're playing decent ball. The team I really want to keep an eye on, the team we really need to be talking about, in my opinion, besides how future my Rockets look, um, are the are, are the 76ers. That's the team right now that I think is in more trouble than what, you know, could potentially be looming for a, a Brooklyn Nets team that, you know, lost a game to the hardest team in, in basketball. Um, so I think we need to shift the focus to, to Philly and, and talk about them, especially with Joel and B missing some time. Um, obviously, the Ben Simmons thing is what it is. I, I promise I won't spend too much time talking about that, that, that tonight, and I've done good. But I, I think the bigger team that needs to be under the microscope right now we need to pay attention to is the 76ers, and not for good reason. Sixers are in trouble, eight and seven, not looking good. But I, I think that you're right. I think you guys are all right. I think the Warriors are starting. First of all, Steph Curry is. I want my flowers. I'm the MVP right now. I'm that dude. He's playing out of this world. You guys are right. The Warriors are only going to get better. We've been saying it, but the the, the two stats that really stand out to me for for the Warriors are their their offensive efficiency and their defensive efficiency. I think they're in the top five in both. Um, and they're only going to get better with Wiseman and, 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 and Thompson coming back. I mean, if you don't think they're the favorites in the West, then it's like you're not, you're not watching because the Lakers, they're, not, they're just not there yet without LeBron. Um, the Jazz – Outside of Donovan's not big time yet, like for me in the playoffs, like the Warriors are just going to be, they're going to be a tough out. And I don't know, it's not even a tough out. They're, they're the favorites to me in the West. They're the favorites. So um, I, we got it. We got to get up out of here. Um, Mike, thanks for calling in. Thanks for joining us. Give us a quick plug as we uh, close up the callers cookout. 
Man, shout out to all the chefs. Without Thomas, I wouldn't be here. Much love to Barry Sears. Thank you guys for having me and let me be part of the group. Uh, really quick shout out to uh, all the Sports City Chef shows that you've heard about tonight. You've heard about our, all those going on at Crossover Cafe on Thursdays, Cookout on Wednesdays, the Sunday morning brunch on Sundays, uh, the football show on Tuesdays, dot, dot, dot. Uh, check out Barbershop on Clubhouse. You can find us, me and TP, and uh, Sirius is in there. A lot of us are in there uh, a lot of the time, man. Come by and check it out. We're on the race to 3,000. Got a big cash giveaway going on there. We talk about lots of sports talk, but uh, even stuff beyond sports, comfortable, uncomfortable conversations, life conversations, and all kinds of things, man, just rooted in hip-hop culture. We love uh, what we got going on there, so come check us out on Clubhouse. And once again, I appreciate you guys letting me be here representing the 615 and a few other places in the country. Uh, this is Mike, and I'm out. Thanks, Mike. I'm pretty pissed off. My Knicks just suck. I, I'm in a bad mood. Knicks fucking lose again to the Magic at home. They can't win a game in the Garden. It's ridiculous. Uh, serious, give us a quick plug. We get out of here. Yo, it's your boy, Sirius, up in that 412 and the 703, and I think what I'm about to do is uh, talk to my wife and change my son's name um, from Malik. I'm going to change his name to Mo Bumba. My son's name will be now Mo Bumba from now on just because I'm a fan of that name and what I saw him do tonight in the garden. With that being said, man, it's such a pleasure to be here with you guys this evening uh, talking everything sports and everything. Um, man, definitely check us out, sportscitychefs.com, the blogs, the interviews, hit us up on YouTube, the finger food, the poo-poo platters, like my man alluded to as he, as he got out. Check us out at the, on Clubhouse, man, if you like the content that you hear um, on a regular basis, man, you, 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 you like the Clubhouse. Now, with that being said, I'm gone, and like I said, my son's name is not Mo Bamba. See, this is why I can't do shows with serious. This is exactly why I can't because that is Mo really, really, really. I'm gonna I'm gonna call I'm gonna call <laughs> Mick Halls and get Malik away from Mr. Simmons because that's ridiculous. It's the third quarter every time they come out of the third they come out of halftime go into the third quarter and they shit the bed. They can't get a stop. They can't score. It's ridiculous. It's the same crap. It's like I'm watching the same game. It's like it's like I'm Bill Murray in the fucking Groundhog Day. It's ridiculous. It's the same thing. I, I you know, I, uh, TP, get us. I, I, I'm gonna lose my shit. I just, I, I really can't with the Knicks right now. I really can't. No home training, no manners. I was doing this when they was in it. Pampers, man, this is terrible. Serious, we got a battle going on right now in the fourth quarter. I hope you're watching it. I guess we go from Sunday to now Wednesday. Uh, it's going down in the yeah, pot man. handle above Texas. I hope you are still sweating this one out. That is for sure. Oh, yes, for Thursday night football, I'm going with the Patriots, especially if Cordero Patterson is out of that game. I'm pulling for the Patriots to pull that out some odd reason. I just, after what Dallas did to the Falcons, I, I mean, they looked impressive for the, I guess, the last two or three games where they went to Dallas. They, the clock struck 12. <laughs> I'm just say that, to say the least. Come back around here Sunday brunch. We'll have everything in more store. On that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. 
Ow, and I got the wrong thing. Sports City, Sports City, Sports City chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman verse, MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend, it's the Sports City chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Sports City, Sports City chefs, chefs. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.